Praise God. Okay, ushers, if I could go ahead and get your help now again. Uh, today, we're going to, uh, of course, as the Lord would help us, launch out into a new ministry focus. Uh, I'm not sure or promising how long that will go. Uh, praise God, but it'll be more than one or two weeks for sure. And uh, praise God, but I, I've got some resources, just a, a couple of uh, handouts or a single handout for you that I want to put in your hands, and I'll say more about that. Now, I, I printed about 75 of these, so that's not near enough for everyone to have one. So if you could take one per family until we make sure that at least every family's got one, uh, amen, that would be great. And so those are coming around. Glory to God. Amen? All right. Praise God. You got life in you today, don't you? Amen. Praise God. Like I said, I'm real excited about what God has put in my heart. And I believe in Him to do. You know, God will do, perform all kinds of miracles, different kinds of miracles. Amen. Healing miracles, that's wonderful. We need that. But you know, I tell you what, God needs to work miracles in America in people's families. Yeah. And, uh, and I believe He's going to. And you may have a sweet family right now. But God wants it to be sweeter and stronger. And we need to make investments in our marriages and families. And so uh, that's what we're intending to do. Uh, praise God, launching out into this series of ministry. So again, we'll kind of give them a moment of time to get that passed around. And uh, don't fret, don't fear. If for some reason somebody doesn't get one, uh, you know, we got a brand new copier back there. It'll crank them out. <laughs> amen, amen. Glory to God. You hear the mower? That guy missed God this morning, didn't he? Where's he supposed to be? Okay, hallelujah. Well, we love him, don't we? Praise God. <laughs> We're being an example if he'll pay attention, right? Amen. Amen. Did anybody really want one and does not have one yet? Praise God, didn't get one. Praise God. Okay, good. Amen. Well, let's bow our heads. Father, we come before you today, and uh, Lord, if our nation, if our culture needs anything, it needs a revival, a restoration, a healing, a, a returning to your precepts and your ways regarding the subject of marriage, parenting, family. Lord, I don't have a voice with, obviously, the nation, but God, I have a voice with these that are here. And Lord, we come together around your word today, and we release faith right up front. Father, help us. Help us. Strengthen every family. Father, rebuild families. Lord, equip and prepare young people, single people, who God, who want to enter into marriage, who will one day, praise God, to be equipped, instructed, to receive wisdom, revelation, and training about how to do that successfully. Father, there's so much devastation, so much heartbreak, so much despair, so much pain. Lord, I thank you that during the course of this series that there will be no condemnation, for there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. There is no bondage, but Father God, that there will come conviction. There will come uh, an enlightenment of areas in the way we've conducted ourselves as husbands, wives, children in our family life, that God will see things we haven't seen. And I just thank you for the grace to make the change, grace to make the adjustments we need to make, to line up our marriages, to line up our families, to be in perfect harmony and unison with your word. 
Because it's your word, Father God, that gives us and guarantees us longevity, success, and victory in every area. And so God, help me today. I I can't do it without you. Help me today. Glory to God to say it the way it could be understood, to, to, to speak it and teach it concisely. And God, help me to put handles on it that are easy for the people to grab hold of. God, help the people to do their part, to open up their mouth wide, to say amen, to follow along, to respond, but most of all, to leave here and make adjustments. Lord, we thank you for a church that is built on family and a family that is built on the rock. Glory to God. God, our church will only be as strong as our families. And so I thank you for a supernatural Uh, power that moves to help our families be stronger than they've ever been. God, we thank you for all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said, amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to get to Matthew chapter 7, but let me say a few things about what's in your hand. During the course of this series, uh, as I build in my, uh, the computer I use, the software I use to to study my Bible uh, most of the time, I, I can build verse lists like you see. And so on that second page, you can see a two-page <clears throat> beginning of a list. And as I go through this series, uh, and God deals with me about passages of Scripture, I'm going to add to this list, all right? And I'll update you about it. But I wanted to put this these Scriptures in your hand. I think it would be really good for you to, um, to take some time on your break or in the morning or whenever you can and meditate on some of these scriptures. They're all about family. They're all about marriage. You know the Bible's just full. This list will get really long probably by the time we're over. Amen? By the time we're done. And uh, glory to God. So feed on these things. Let God talk to you about these verses. Amen? Then uh, the other page you have is a, uh, a copy of a document that I found in 2019. Uh, Every year I have the honor of going to the West Coast to teach at World Harvest Bible Training Center. And every year has been the pattern. They ask me to teach on the subject of marriage and family uh, and prosperity. In fact, I was so honored to say that uh, she said, you know, there's there's you and your wife Amber and maybe one other couple that we would would entrust this subject with our students to. What an honor. And, uh, but I don't want you to think that uh, Amber and I have the perfect family. We're a a few shades shy of it, Uh, amen, but we're working on it. We love what God's done in our family, but I want you to know if you see anything good in us, just let it advertise what God can do, because I come from uh, brokenness, I come from divorce, uh, I've never been divorced personally, but my parents uh, come from a blended home, broken home, a lot of dysfunction, a lot of things done wrong, a lot of damage, a lot of hurt, amen, but look what God can do. Amen. I'm whole today. I'm healthy today. I, I'm not in counseling today. And that wouldn't be bad if I needed it. I just don't. Amen. God's just done a work in my heart. And uh, so anyway, praise God. But in uh, studying for that time in California, I came across a San Diego law firm that had done an extensive study on divorce in America. And I gave you a summary here. I just want to run through the bullets because I think it's very interesting. Amen. Uh, praise God. Uh, because, uh, and I, I've incorporated this into my premarital counseling time because I want couples going into marriage to kind of just know the statistics and what the, uh, what the, what the odds are, amen, uh, what they're facing. But again, like I said, no condo bondo, right? No condemnation, praise God, uh, amen. So let's just run through this real quick. The divorce rate has doubled since 1960 in America. 
uh, praise God, it hit a low in uh, 19, or a peak in 1987. It's ticked down a percentage uh, or two, but it's currently 50% of all marriages will end in divorce or separation, so a solid half. Sadly, the last statistic I looked up is that divorce rate among Christians is 51%, uh, which is sad. But anyway, now notice this about first marriages, uh, second marriages, and third marriages. You know, as we get experience and practice, does this get better? No, it doesn't get better. 41% of all first marriages end in divorce. 60% of all second marriages end in divorce. And 73%, almost three-quarters of people getting married for the third time, it's not going to work out. It doesn't mean that you can't get married the third time, but uh, you better have renewed your mind and changed some things. The United States has the sixth highest divorce rate of any country in the world. To give you an idea, a divorce takes place every 13 seconds in America. So a lot of people have gotten divorced since I started talking. 277 divorces per hour, 600, uh, almost 6,000, you know, you can see the number there, per day. 46,000 divorces per week, and over almost 2.5 million divorces in America a year. There are nine divorces in the time it takes a couple to recite their wedding vows. About two minutes. 554 divorces occurred while you watched your last romantic comedy movie. Yeah. So the average uh, time it takes for the first marriage to fail is eight years. And in that eight-year period, 19 million divorces occur. Oh, praise God. Are y'all out there? It's going to get a lot better before we go, praise God. Uh, Amen. Amen. Over a 40-year span, uh, over a 40-year span, 67% of marriages over a 40-year span are going to end. Among all Americans 18 years of age or older, whether they've been married or not, 25% of them have gone through a marital split, one in four. So you can see some of, the thing, some of these things. Look at these interesting facts about divorce, and you'll have to flip to the back of your page when you get to the bottom. Divorce, this is, a, this is a true stat, okay? Divorce is the single greater, greatest destroyer of wealth in the world. It is the greatest single cause of poverty in the world, is divorce. Amen. Amen. If you want to live poor, get divorced. That's a good way to do it. Now, the least likely group, if there's a group that are least likely to get divorced, it's practicing Catholics and committed evangelicals. Thank God for that testimony. Amen. Now look at a recent national survey of, uh, they asked respondents, why are you getting a divorce? 73% cited a lack of commitment going on in the marriage. And that doesn't surprise me a bit. We're the least covenant-minded, committed generation that there's ever been in America. Uh, arguing too much, 56%. Infidelity is uh, reported, 55%. We married too young, 46%. Unrealistic expectations, yeah, 45%. Lack of equality in the relationship, 44%. Lack of preparation for marriage, 41%. And domestic violence or abuse, 25%. Here's a very interesting statistic for our young people. If you will wait to get married until you are at 25. Now, again, this is not the Holy Ghost. These are statistics, right? So, amen. We all have to be led by the Spirit. But if you get uh, statistically, 
If you'll wait till you're 25, your chances of divorcing go down 26%. You know, there's a lot of growing that happens in the brain of a human being between 18 and 25, especially between 18 and 21. You're really not fit to be walking around society at 18 free from a, from a ma mature point of view. Because you're old enough to be dangerous and legally to make your own decisions, but there's a lot of, there's a lurch forward in, in maturity, chemically and in the brain, hormonally, praise God, between 18 and 21. You're a much safer, stabler human being at 21 than you are when you're 18. Now, I know every 18-year-old is going to say, well, that's bunk, but you just, you just live a while and watch people and you'll, you'll find it out. Amen? Now, look at this. Cohabitation. This is running epidemic epidemic people living together you all know you're living together but that's sin that is open sin and sexual immorality it's bad it's wrong amen you need to fix that i give people grace but that's not going to go on in my church i'm going to know about it and sometimes i do know about it and you're you just need to know if i haven't said anything to you, you're on grace with me you need to get that turned around or i'm going to have to speak to it and get mad at me when I do. You brought it on yourself. Because I'm not going to let that kind of thing get in my church. I love everybody, but I gotta I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a protector as a pastor. But I know, see, in, my, in, in this culture, it's just so acceptable. What I just said is considered radical. I mean, really radical. It's just so commonplace. Amen? Well, the statistics uh, prove God right and the world wrong. Living together before you get married increases the chance that you get divorced. It doesn't, you know, you'd think, you know, you don't buy a car without taking it for a test drive. And I think we take that mentality into cohabitation. Well, I, we're going to let's test this out a little bit. I'm going to take you for a test drive for a while before we sign the note. You're, you're hurting yourself. That's not God's way. I said that's not God's way. If you live together before you get married, your chance of getting a divorce goes up by 60%. That's what you've done to yourself, statistically. All right. Look at this next interesting fact. Losing your virginity before marriage increases the likelihood of marital failure. The more sexually active and the more partners you have, the less likely they are to succeed in marriage, statistically speaking. The divorce rate is 97% when a woman works outside the home and the husband stays home. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Did we need to do a study to figure that one out? What's he saying? The guy stays home, the woman goes to work. What's the divorce rate? 97%, you lazy thing. Now, how, how could this be? This isn't a Christian organization. This is a San Diego law firm. They're just reporting the truth. Why? Because it's so backwards of God's way. It's just so backwards of God's plan. I mean, maybe you're a really, really good dad and you love changing diapers. That's awesome. That's awesome. But anyway, I can tell y'all are going to be a fun group this morning, aren't you? I don't have another message this morning. <laughs> Pornography. Pornography addiction was cited as a factor in 56% of the divorces according to one recent study. It's just plaguing our nation. Yeah. 
God help you. If you need help, just come see me. I've been able to help people, and, and God loves you. But you let that hook get in you, and if it gets embedded too deep, you're going to need God's power to get you set free. And thank God you can be set free. Amen. All right. Uh, if both spouses, now this, is, this was true with my wife and I, uh, if both spouses come from families whose parents divorced, their chances of divorcing go up by 200%. This is why we need to stay together. If at all possible, we need to stay together because we almost curse our children to repeat our mistakes. Think about that. Now, obviously, so far, 25 years of marital bliss in my life, can you overcome these things? Of course you can. Of course you can, but you got to know some things. Couples that argue about money at least one once per week, they increase their likelihood of getting divorced by 30%. So anyway, I thought that that was interesting and kind of gives you an idea a little bit about the picture uh, of what's going on out there in our world. And again, can we over, we are overcomers. We're not uh, bound to our past and we're not cursed to repeat our previous mistakes or our parents' mistakes. And we're not beaten up on your mom and dad. I'm sure they did whatever they could do. Amen. And you know, some things are just unavoidable. If it's violent, if it's abusive, uh, you can't stay. You just can't. And so anyway, we've prayed already. Uh, glory to God. So we're going to talk uh, today about the building of the family. And if it better fits your situation right now, call it the rebuilding of the family. Just whatever your station, wherever you're at, amen, the goal is not to beat yourself up over what is, amen, or what has been, but to receive insight and help and ministry from God through the word so that you can, from where you are now, go forward and have God's full blessing on your life, amen. And so this will be our golden text for this series, Matthew 7, verse 24, familiar with uh, many of us. Jesus said, therefore, whosoever, so, you know, the principle, when you see the word whosoever, that's you, right? You qualify, you fit uh, for this. Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken unto him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Now, for our purposes, we're going to say build a marriage, build a household, build a family. Did he just tell you? Did he just promise you how to do it? And to be considered wise in doing it. Yeah, we'll be digging into this. I will liken unto him unto a wise person who built their house, their marriage, their life, their family upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that family, if I could say it that way, and it fell not. Amen? For it was founded or built upon a rock. Amen. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that family and it fell and great was the fall of it. Amen. Let me read the last phrase to you in the New Living Translation. It says, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that beat against that family, it will collapse with a mighty crash. 
and all over us every day. Again, we just saw the, the rate while I'm talking of divorce. Ding, 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 ding. It's racking up right now. Yeah. Amen. Right here in our nation. Uh, glory to God. These families are collapsing with a mighty crash. Yeah. And with a great effect. Now listen, which can be generational in its impact. Generational in its impact. Now, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but some of us come from generational brokenness. You, so you heard the testimony of my dad, right? He, he had to break free from a dysfunctional pattern. Now, his parents stayed together till death, thank God for that. But there was a lot, there was a lot wrong in that home. It was my dad's dad that introduced him personally to pornography when my dad was about 10. Who does that? Well, someone that's not thinking right. Yeah, amen. You know, not to disparage my grandpa, but what is, it is, what was, was. And great can be the effect. But praise God. So here, let's just examine this very quickly. Praise God. What did Jesus say? Well, what are the commonalities of, of the person that builds a family and there it is, and the person, this person built a family. There are common things that Jesus talked about. Well, one of the things that's common to both families is difficulty, yeah. hardship, yeah. opposition. Amen. Notice the rain came to both families. The hardship came to both families. The challenges came to both families. The difference is one family stood there and made it and survived and was fine. The other family, the, the difficulty took them out. Their family collapsed with a mighty crash, right? Now, also the commonality, the common traits you see in what Jesus said here in these verses is they both had opportunity to hear good instruction. Jesus said, he that hears these sayings of mine, and then to the foolish one, he said, he that hears these sayings of mine. So they both heard. They both heard. Come on. They both heard. And then you be people, listen, you're, I'm putting out the same word, reading from the same Bible, and we all have ears. But some people will hear and ignore and not do anything with what I'm teaching. Some people will listen with a heart saying, you know what, enough's enough. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to make adjustments. I'm going to have a better family. I'm going to break the cycle of dysfunction. Amen. I'm going to glorify God in my home. Amen. See, it's the response to what you hear that makes the difference. Jesus said the one that will be considered wise is the one who hears the teachings of Jesus and does them, and does them, actually applies themselves to those teachings. The other family, they heard the same teaching. They heard the same word, but they didn't do anything about it. They just left pig-headed. They just left and said, ah, whatever, ah, good message, amen, you're a good preacher, and just went right on. Amen? Amen, and built their family on the sand. Amen. So notice here, Jesus also makes a promise. And we're talking about, remember, Jesus is God. And God is making a promise. Or let me say, God is guaranteeing outcomes. So there's great news here and there's bad news here. If you will hear the word, 
If you will study the word on marriage and family and parenting and apply it to your life consistently, Jesus, God, has given you a guarantee about what the outcome will be. He guarantees you there's going to be wind. He guarantees you there's going to be trouble. He guarantees you there's going to be opposition. But he also guarantees when it all is over and said and done, your family will succeed. Amen. Amen. Your children will thrive in the earth. Your marriage will make it. Your kids will make it. Your grandkids will make it. It's a guarantee from God. But he also guarantees if you hear and don't do anything, he guarantees your family's going to fall. It may not fall this week, it may not fall this next year, decade, but it's going to fall. And when it does, it's going to have a cataclysmic effect. Amen. So we have choices to make. We have choices to make about these things. Just write this reference down. Psalms 11 verse 3. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 11 verse 3, If the foundations be destroyed... What shall the righteous do? Amen. Amen. So really here Jesus is saying, by doing the word, you can build your family on a solid foundation. A rock is a solid foundation. Sand. Why would anyone build on the sand? People do. They do it all the time. They're building on the sand. Get married on the sand. Have kids on the sand. Have career on the sand. Why? Why would anyone build on the sand? Let me tell you something. Sand is more comfortable than stone. If you had a comfy sandy beach and a slab of bedrock, which one would you prefer to lay down in? Sand is popular because it's comfortable. People build their house on the sand because they're doing what feels good. And they're doing what feels easy. Sand is more comfortable. You know, sin, sin is comfortable. That's why people do it. It's comfortable to the flesh. To be all emotional, to be out of control in your home. Do what you want. Right? Sin. Indulge. It's pleasurable. Why do we sin? Because we like it. People like to sin. We like to, why do we sin? Because we like it until death comes. Sin is great until the judgment shows up. Another reason why people, uh, you wouldn't think, but they love, they do, they build on the sand is because sand is conformable. Sand moves its shape. You lay on the sand and you get up and the sand moved around to you. And this is what people are doing. Customized Christianity. Take it or leave it Christianity. Take it or leave it church. Well, I really love when you tell me how righteous I am and what the blood's done for me, but don't tell me about keeping my pants on before I get married. I don't want to hear that. We just, we just pick and choose. Pick and choose, customized, smorgasbord, buffet Christianity. But listen, Jesus does not conform to you. Jesus is a rock. What happens when you lay on the rock? You lay on a rock long enough, you're going to look like it. Because it's not changing. It's not moving. It's not going anywhere. And that's why you want to build on it. Because he, he's stable. He's the same. He's firm. That's why you want to build on the rock. But to build on the rock, you're going to have to make a decision 
to build on the rock, to be a real Christian in your marriage and in your family life. Because it's not going to be comfortable all the time to bite your tongue and walk in love and be merciful and kind and forgiving. And to give up your way constantly. And to prefer the other one. To make sacrifices for your children. But I'm, what's Jesus saying? I'm not promising you comfort. And I'm not promising that I'm going to conform to your shape. But if you'll build on me, if you'll build on my sayings, you'll build a family that'll make it. You'll build a family that'll last. You'll build a marriage that will stand the test of time. Amen? You know, as Christians, our, you know, living in America, our society is absolutely drowning and seeping in immorality. Perversions of every kind. I didn't click on it, but I saw a headline from CNN this week that this, their so-called medical expert on children at birth saying, in the, at birth, when the baby comes out, there is no way to tell its gender. We're going to have to leave it blank and wait. I mean, come on, God. This is, a, this is, this is our society. We're confused about what sign to put on the bathroom door. And saying the things I just said are getting really close to being illegal. So put a little money aside for my future bail, all right? Because I'm not changing. Amen. And so, you know, what we, what we have around us, what, what, we're, what we're engaged in every day, where the, the media that we're in, the culture we're in, all of our venues, our, our, our co-workers, you know, all of this kind of stuff, to some degree or another... We're seeping and drowning in blindness, perversion of every type, uh, things that would make my grand, Amber's grandma and grandpa roll over twice in their grave. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what has happened to my society here? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And so, listen, as Christians and as members of this church, listen, I encourage you, you're going to have to make a fresh, solemn, firm decision that I'm going to be in the world, but not of the world. I'm going to live in this world, and I'm going to go to work where people are weird, and I'm going to be a light. I'm going to be a light, and I'm going to know that I'm a boy, and I'm going to know that I'm a girl, and I'm going to have kids who know that they're a boy or a girl. Many of y'all heard this before, it just makes my kids, you know, kind of, (laughs) and they're probably shuddering in their boots as we move through this series because... I always tell on us. But Faith could tell you. She'd be playing through the house. She'd be running around, playing in the house. I'd go, hey, Faith. Hey, Faith. She'd go, yeah. I said, you know, you're a girl. Yeah, I know. I'm a girl. I said, uh, and you don't date till you're 18. She'd blink her eyes. And I said, and by the way, you like boys. Dad, but that's just the way I've treated him. Hey, Rex. Hey, Rex. Yeah, Dad. You know you're a boy. You got that straight, right? Amen. Yeah, Dad, I know. You know, you don't date till you're 18. Okay. But you like girls. 
Okay, Dad, I know I like girls. Not right now, but. <laughs> Amen. But you know what that is? Just parenting. Yeah, Just parenting. Right. In a world that's confused. Right. I'm going to have kids that are not confused. Amen. God has called us to love the world, minister to the world, be a light to the world, be salt in the earth, but we are not supposed to be like them. We're not supposed to conform to them. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, you know this, in the Amplified Translation, it says, do not be conformed to this age. Do not. Do not be conformed to this age. Don't be fashioned after, after or adapted to its external superficial customs, but be changed, be transformed by the entire renewing of your mind so that you can discover the good, the perfect, and the, you know, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God for your life. You cannot know, you cannot perceive, you cannot walk in, you cannot experience the perfect will of God for your life if you uh, think like the world. Amen. you got to watch parents... Pay attention. Pay attention. What, you know, don't, don't let your kids listen to secular music. Don't let that, you know, I can still, you know, some, I'll be driving down the road and my mind go quiet and some weird, you know, weird song from my past, some Bon Jovi song come up and I, I know all the words. I hadn't thought about that song in 30 years and all the words, here come Michael Jackson, beat it, you know, and I could just, and all of those words, just come out of me. You want to know, how did those words get in me and stay there so deeply? Because I heard it and 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 I heard it. And some of us, so think about, I'm on a highway to, is that something you really want to be marinating? Is that something you want coming out of your soul? I'm on a highway to hell. Don't let them listen to secular music. Especially, we're the blessed generation. We got some. Now, there's a lot of doubt and unbelief and stuff in Christian music, but it's a long way better. Well, Pastor, I'm not going to let you tell me. What I'm not, well, do fine. Praise God. I, you know, I'm just preaching. Uh, so I'm just preaching. You do what you want. Amen. Praise God. Don't don't let them watch. You know. You know, uh, we used to let our kids watch iCarly. And I used to get big laugh out of watching iCarly with the kids until something started to scratch me on the inside. And I started noticing those parents were never there. And they just did whatever they wanted. And then one day, the mom showed up. Very rare for the mom to show up in the, in the episode. And one of the little girl, little iCarly, she threw the basketball and hit mom right in the face. Real hard. And the whole thing was, ha, 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 oh, that's funny. I said, that's it, no more. That's not funny. That is not funny. That's disrespectful. Don't sit here in my living room and laugh at that. I just laughed at it too, and the Lord goes, what are you doing? Don't let your kids listen to what's popular. I tell you, we're going to get into some things if you'll let us in this message and in this series going forward. So just brace yourself. We'll do our best to keep it PG, or we'll, we'll call an adult-only service, but I'm gonna, we'll talk about some stuff in this series. And if you'll let God, we'll untangle all your knots. 
Are we, think about do not be conformed. You know, if you take a cookie cutter to a piece of dough, whatever, you press that mold onto that dough, Amen. it's going to come off that shape. Yeah. And the world wants to be the mold that presses into your soul. And when it lifts off of you, that's what you're going to look like. That's what you're going to think like. That's what you're going to believe. That's how you're going to talk. And that's the, Satan's whole goal with media, music, television, movies, culture, news broadcasts. It's a mold, and it wants to shape everything the way you think. That's why you need to come to church every day. The church is open. Because this is a place to be free. To, to, you want to let the mold of the Word shape your thoughts, shape your beliefs, shape your family life, shape how you parent kids. I mean, these afternoon talk shows... Don't, don't look to them for Jerry Springer and all that for, you know, for parenting advice. God help you. Preaching good. People, we need to, we, all people, we need to decide what do we want. What do we want? Do we want our life at some point to look like a, a, a F5 tornado blew through? And that's what our children look like. That's what our marriage looks like. That's what our emotions look like. You know what's happening out in the world? We have unprecedented levels of brokenness, yeah. isolation, loneliness, depression, addiction, anger and resentment, divorce, perversion, heartbreak, poverty, sin, judgment, and life, lifetimes of regret. Yeah. If you want to do it the world's way, just have at it. That's what you're going to get. Amen? Amen? See, Jesus said, I promise you, if you'll build your family and your marriage on the uncomfortable, steadfast, yeah. you know, sometimes hard right. truths of my word, yeah. there'll, no, there'll be nothing that comes along. Nothing your kids will ever face that they can't overcome. Because you built your life on something steady and something strong. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. We'll get into this one in another, another scripture. But you know, God is the author in another service. I don't have time to go there. God is the author of the family. We'll get into Genesis chapter 2. And I put those verses on your verse list, I believe. Where God said, let us make man in our image. And after our likeness. Right? And the very reason why God created us was because God's a family God. He doesn't want you to be his servant. He doesn't want you to be his employee. He wants you to be his son or daughter. Amen. He wants you to let him be your father. Amen. And he wants to have a relationship with you. God wants us to worship him. We should worship him. But it's not about being on our knees all the time and just groveling. That's never what it's about. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our adoration and our praise. Amen. But you know... The, in the New Testament, we're not groveling at the throne. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ at the Father's right hand and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're his partners. So that's the first thing he did is he created Adam and he created Eve. But then, you know, he created Eve. Why? Because he saw that it wasn't good for Adam to be by himself. And so he raised up Eve. And then he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So notice, before the fall, before sin, before darkness, before the curse, what do you see? You see man living and basking in a glorious, unhindered relationship with God 
And he began his existence in marital bliss. He began, right, Adam began his existence looking at this lady that God created. He went, whoa, man. And that's what she's been called ever since. And then notice, God bestows, God wants a large family. But notice the honor God bestowed on Adam and Eve and all married couples. He said, I want you to have a part and be a part in partnering with me to birth my family. You read Malachi chapter 2, it says that God was there and he was a witness at your union. He attended your wedding. I don't care if you did it at L.A. drunk. He was a witness at your wedding. And he desires a godly seed out of your union. He gave parents the honor and the shared responsibility of birthing and rearing his family. This is the beginning of the human experience. And it's all about family. Satan hates the family. That's all he wants to do is steal, kill, and destroy the family. Because if God, if we don't have a massive outpouring and a massive revival in America, we're done. You do know that. As a nation, we're done. Not us, but the nation will go down. The nation will continue to plummet further into darkness. And one day, if revival and repentance doesn't happen, if God doesn't judge America, he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because the perversions we are currently embracing as a society equal what they were. And you've got to make sure the world doesn't have its tentacles in you or your kids. And I tell you, you can have a righteous home, a godly home. But if your kids have an electronic device that connects to the internet, Satan's going to try to use that as an open door. Because he did it to my family. He's going to try it in every family. And you're going to have to watch it, watch it, watch it. I'll just be dropping these little hints and suggestions. You know, Rex turns his phone in to me every night at bedtime. What are your kids doing at 2 a.m. while you're sawing logs? Do you know? Do you check their phone? Oh, that we want to give them their privacy. Why? Why? Where's that in the Bible? I said, where is, where is child privacy in the Bible? My children have a right to love. My children have a right to shelter. My children have a right to acceptance. My children have a right to training. My children have a right to food. My children have a right to instruction. My children have a right to get a good spanking. But I am the lion and she is the lioness and we are kings of all our domain. Not to abuse, not to put down, but so our children can thrive. I just think parents are too loose, too distracted, too busy. They don't have any mental or energy space left because of their life to even think about what's happening in them and around them. And the answer is not cutting church off. The answer is cutting off t-ball and soccer and piano lessons and everything else if necessary. 
so that you can be where you're supposed to be. I need a little encouragement this morning. Amen. We're almost done for today. Y'all getting a little taste about how we're going to be? All right. It's going to help you. Trying to help you. Trying to help you. Glory to God. Go, let's go to uh, just a couple of quick places here. We can go real fast. And, but we're talking about today, we're talking about you know, a family. Jesus said, according to Matthew 7, uh, a family, a life, a household has to have the right foundation. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us the only foundation that is worthy of being built on. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 11 says, For other foundation can no one lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The only foundation that is worthy for you to build a marriage on is Jesus Christ. Now this is why, just know, I am not going to officiate any marriage of a couple who are not both committed, active believers. I'm not going to be a party to the birth of a union built on the sand. You better have, if you hear this, be have it straight before you come ask me if I'll marry you. Amen. And that's why in my wedding ceremonies, I have them publicly affirm and reaffirm their faith and commitment to Jesus. You cannot be a good husband if you don't have the foundation of Jesus in your life. You cannot be a good wife if you don't have the foundation of Jesus in your life. You can't be a good child, a good young person, without the foundation of Jesus Christ in your life. You can't love your kids the way you ought to love your kids if you don't have the foundation of Jesus Christ laid in your life. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And listen, through this series of ministry, do not let yourself think about the other one. Do not let yourself think about the one that's not here going, oh, I wish they were here. No, you're here. And you need to think about yourself. You need to work on your foundation. Ask yourself right now, how is my foundation? How is my walk with Jesus? How's my personal relationship with Jesus? Is what it should be? Is it what it should be? Is it vibrant? Is it abiding? Is it growing? Is Jesus my everything? Is he first in my life? And if you're not having vine time, Bible time, worship time, talk time, intimate time with Jesus every day, you're not fit to be, a, you can, you're not qualified to be a good husband. How could you? You can't love your bride with agape love out of your own human nature. You don't have divine love. It comes from God. Love, that kind of love is a fruit of the Spirit. Wives, you can't honor your husbands. You can't be a good wife. Apart from knowing Jesus, re receiving of his love, and, and letting him work on you and change you and equip you and empower you and fill you with his love. So then you go out and pour it out on your husband, on your family. Yeah, I'm trying to. So Jesus is the foundation. Now, a lot of times when I say, is Jesus your foundation, it's, you need to understand, don't just think, yeah, I'm saved. Yeah, I'm saying, no, thank God for that. But like I said, is your relationship with Jesus ongoing, growing, right. abiding? What have you done for him lately? Right, that's it. 
And you have to understand this too about when saying that Jesus Christ is the foundation. Think it back in your mind about Matthew 7. He that hears these sayings of mine. So you can, ha- you can, your name could be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're heaven bound, but are you listening to what he's, he's teaching? John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and that's the beginning of every good thing. The beginning of a good marriage is the Word. The beginning of a great sex life is the Word. The beginning of a wonderful home with parents, you know, that know something and are training their kids, it begins with the Word. Kids that are growing up right and honorable and respectful and God-fearing, that begins with the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the foundation, come on, I'm trying to find a closing point. The foundation of your marriage, of your family, is the Word. The Word, the Word, the Word. Being a doer of the Word is how you have a foundation upon which a godly family, a blessed family, can be built. Mm -mm -mm. Amen. And listen, you don't have a Bible today, we'll give you one. Praise God. You get one free on your phone. You know, anybody ever bought a home? Bought a home? Yeah, you bought a home. If you're smart, before you bought the home, you had that home inspected. Right? You had that home inspected. Is that not right? And one of the most fundamental, important things that you would want to focus on in the inspection is the foundation. And you know, buyers have done this. They fell in love with the stucco. They fell in love with the windows. They fell in love with the stainless steel appliances. They fell in love with the big closet. They fell in love with the landscaping out front. Listen, young people, before you fall in love with the, with the stucco, before you fall in love with the facade... Because a lot of times, girls, boys, that's all it is. It's a facade. It's a pretty thing. It's what they show you to get you. But you better inspect the foundation on that thing before you get emotionally involved. My pastor taught me you can fall in love with the wrong thing. You can fall in love with the wrong person. People fall in love with the wrong house because of the facade. Man, it looks great. And then they get in there, and the house is crumbling the house was built on a faulty foundation and now you have heartache you have great expense if nothing else to try to repair something you don't want to get married and find out that you're going to spend 10 years repairing things instead of enjoying things do not marry a project Well, Pastor, they, they, they go to church. Where do they go to church? How often do they go to church? Can I call their pastor? When did they start going to church? After our second date. Uh-uh-uh-uh. Where's, where's Montumbo? You know that Montumbo? Get out of my house. No, 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 no. I'm very suspect. They start coming to church after they start dating you? Well, you need to wait at least two years to make sure that sticks. Sweetheart, I don't care how good they kiss. But I'm just telling you what. They don't love God. They don't have their own relationship with God. They're not committed apart from you. 
to move forward with God, you ought to drop them and run as fast as you can. You ought to be like that little girl when Dr. Jacobs, you know, came home out off the, my spiritual father, off the, you know, being drug addicted, moved back home, and he started dating this girl from church. And like on their second week, you know, she handed him a Bible, said, here you go, get out of my life. Smart girl. Because he wasn't real sanctified right then. Oh, glory. <laughs> okay, the, the landing gear on the sermon is out. We are on a final approach. Now, this is on your scripture sheet, but study this week and take note of the warnings. Just some of the warnings I put in here about the person that tears up their family. The Bible talks about what's going to happen to the person that tears up their family. Proverbs 3.33, you'd have to just find that. They'll put it up for you. Proverbs 3.33 says, The curse of the Lord is on the home of the wicked, but He blesses the home of the just. I like the Amplified of that. It says, The curse of the Lord is in and on the house of the wicked, but He declares blessed, joyful, favored with blessings is the home of the just and the consistently righteous. See, is that you? Are you, are you consistently righteous in your doings? I'll say, Pastor, I'm not, I'm not doing anything wicked. The word wicked means evil, but it also means twisted. So God said a marriage is a union between one man and one woman their whole life long, and it's only in the framework of that holy union is any sexual activity permissible. If you're engaged in anything outside of that, you twisted it. You altered it. You ever heard of wicker furniture? It's wicker furniture because that's twisted. So yeah, you, you may not judge yourself to be wicked, but the Word does. I said the Word does. Put rings on. Make a commitment to one another. And then be blessed. But notice, a lot of children are growing up. And there's a curse on that home. There's a curse in that home because people don't live right. Because they don't live right. And God can't bless that lack of integrity, that lack of honor. Y'all got kind of quiet on me. A little bit further down the list, Proverbs eleven twenty nine says, He who troubles his own house will inherit the wind. And I tell you what, men that abandon their families, whatever, they have seen their last good day. Yeah. You can walk off from your covenant if you want. You can father children and not, not take any responsibility for them if you want. But you just understand, when you do that, you've, less, you've, left, you, you've had your last good day. Yeah. There are no more good days for you. It would be better for you to stay in there. Well, I'm not happy. Stay in there. Use your faith. Walk in love. He who troubles his own house will inherit the wind. I like the message translation of that. It's one verse down on your list. Proverbs eleven twenty nine. 29, the message translation says, If you exploit or abuse your family, you're going to end up with a fistful of air. You'll have nothing. Common sense tells you that's a stupid way to live. People think nothing of walking off and abandoning, breaking a home because my needs are not being met. 
Well, you didn't stand there in front of the preacher and talk about your needs. You didn't mention one of your needs. You said, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. I'll be faithful, I'll be fidel, I'll be for only you. I'll stay with it till death do us part. You didn't say, I will, until unless you don't this, that. That's not what we talked about. Well, what do you want to inherit? One more here, Proverbs 14 11. It says, the house of the wicked will what? It'll be overthrown. It's going to be, the enemy's going to overthrow that house. That family's not going to make it. Because they're not living right. Because they're not building on a solid foundation. You know, the thing is, my last comment here about family that's obvious, marriage and family. Marriage is a partnership between individuals. And this is the, this is the sad reality for a lot of folks. I can't play her part. I can't, I can't step into her body and make her play her part. I can't make her be a faithful wife. I can't make her honor and respect me and praise me and adore me. Read the Amplified of Ephesians. Cheer me, regard me, talk me up. I can't make her do that. Can't make her be faithful to me. So I can't, so my, that's not where my focus should be. My focus should be on the role I can play. She cannot, she cannot be a loving, sacrificial, faithful, generous, cherishing husband. She can't play that role. That's my role to play. The only thing I can do is what I'm going to do to the best of my ability is play my role in the family. Faith can't, can't make me be a good dad to her. That's my role to fulfill. And I cannot make her fulfill her role, right, of being an honorable, respectful young lady. Every member of the family, if you want to have a sweet family, it takes everyone. And it's not fair, guys, for, you know, to just blow this kind of stuff off and let your wife try to carry the full weight of the family, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. It's not right. It's not fair. It's going to bring a curse on yourself. And don't be pointing your fingers at your partner during this series saying, did you hear what, don't go home and say, did you hear what pastor said? Don't, don't do that. Leave here and what's my part? What's my part? Do I have my foundation? Do I need to attend to my foundation? Do I need to water and attend and fortify my foundation with Jesus? And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to listen to these messages. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to study along with Pastor. And I'm going to apply myself. I'm going to be a better husband and a better father. I'm going to be a better daughter. I'm going to be a better son. I'm going to be a better wife. I'm going to be a better grandpa. I'm going to be a better grandma. I'm going to let God have his way. I'm not going to be the one, the choke point, clogging up where the God's blessings intended to flow. I'm going to make changes. I'm going to make changes. Amen? Well, are you helped today? Help was offered. 
Amen. Well, we've got a fur piece. Amen. Got, got this series kicked off. and in our, in, We're going to have fun during this series. Yeah. My wife's going to get up and teach. Praise God. We're going to talk to the husbands. Yeah. Yeah. The mama bear's going to get up and talk. Praise God. And I'll talk to you ladies about what us guys need. And we're going to have a good time. Amen. Amen. Father, we come before you today in closing. And we just bow our heads. And Father, I just so thank you. You're not a God of condemnation and you're certainly not a God of I told you so and you're not a God if of if only but God you offer hope you offer vision for a better future and you have a better future for all who will pick up right where they are no matter how bad it may be and become themselves a doer of the word that they live for Jesus And they do everything within their power to fulfill their unique and vitally important role in the family. Father, we release our faith as we leave that miracles are going to take place. Families are going to be repaired and strengthened. New things are going to begin. Where there's been hurt or brokenness, woundedness in families between parents and children, I thank you for amending of those relationships. And a reforging of those bonds. And I pray that the love of Jesus would abound in all of our hearts, one unto the other, more and more and more as we live. That our homes become habitations of peace and love and joy and laughter and contentment and fulfillment. If you're here today and there are things that you feel like you need to be forgiven of. Listen, just receive it. Just receive it from God. As He extends His love out towards you. Praise God. Maybe you weren't the dad you should have been, or the husband you should have been, or the wife, whatever. Just receive mercy, receive forgiveness, so God can begin that wonderful new work He wants to do in your life. We thank you for it, Father. Lord, if there be any here today that they don't have a foundation of Jesus in their life, they are not born again, God, I pray that they would call out to you. Say, Jesus, be my Lord. Come into my life. I give my life to you. I repent of my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. Holy Spirit, come live in me. Make me a brand new person. You pray a prayer like that. You call on the name of Jesus. You're saved. He makes you a brand new creature. And He puts His love on the inside of you so that you have the ability to love the way He does. And that's the only way you can. Father, I thank You for all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Well, all right, everybody. You could stand to your feet today. Glory to God. Those watching online, thank you so much for taking part. Praise God. Got a great week of ministry coming up. With Dr. Jerry Seville, be sure to get here early. Thanks to our helps ministry in advance for all that you will do. I'm going to dismiss you right now. Have a good time of fellowship. Don't forget, we will gather here today at 3 o'clock for a time of uh, prayer as we pray over these upcoming meetings from 3 to 4. So God bless you.